here he thought that he was, you know, being tolerant and not getting nasty or reacting badly. But in fact, he was, as you said, you know, stonewalling her and making it much worse. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss the difference between emotional abuse and verbal abuse. Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand-select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers! Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. It is always so great to speak with you, Karen. Um, So Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist, a relationship expert in lifestyles. Uh, uh, a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of uh, Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. You can get uh, all this information without the screw-ups at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find it at our website, hitchmag.com. Okay, so uh, Karen, we're today going to talk about the difference between verbal and emotional abuse. Uh, and so just off the, the top of my head, it sounds like we're splitting hairs here. So I'm hoping we can provide a little bit of clarity. Sure. Uh, so for the first question I have is, is there a difference between the two of verbal and emotional abuse? Yeah. I mean, any kind of abuse. Let me start by saying that any kind of abuse is not okay. But yes, there is a difference between the two of them. Okay. Uh, and then next question, uh, how would you identify the two? Okay. So verbal abuse is, you know, basically where you're saying things that are, um, not nice, um, where you're putting the other person down, where you're name calling, where you're using, uh, your actual language to, um, be disrespectful to the other person to your Mm -hmm. partner. So that's verbal. Okay. Emotional, you don't have to use words to hurt your partner or to show them disrespect. So if you um, uh, shut them out Mm -hmm. where you don't respond to them, if you ignore them, um, if you hide things from them, things that they should be knowing about, um, if you... Um, are just dismissive of them. Um, you know, if there's something, you know, for me, if my husband ignored my birthday, uh-huh. that would be majorly emotional abuse <laughs> for me. Yeah. Uh, so, again, you can be abusive to your partner without ever saying a word. Mm-hmm. I One of the things that pops into my mind 
when thinking about emotional abuse is one of Dr. John Gottman's Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which is stonewalling. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. uh, To your point, it's when your spouse is saying something and you just turn and walk away. Yeah, absolutely. You haven't said a word, but you have just devastated them. You know, it's interesting. I was working with a couple the other day. And um, she tends to get really upset about something. And her husband complains and says that she can go on and on and on and on for hours. And he was saying that he does, he's tried everything with her. So I said, okay, we really need to look at this under a microscope. And he said that when she starts getting upset, what he does is he just, you know, stays silent and he allows her to go on and on and he doesn't react until about maybe she's done this for 45 minutes an hour and then he blows up. Mm. And I said, do you understand what being silent is doing? The message that you're sending her, and we had already established that for her, she really has a vulnerability about feeling that she doesn't matter. And I said, so if you think about somebody who feels like they don't matter, when she is trying to make a point to you, regardless of the fact that you may not agree with the point, what's the message you're sending her? And when he stopped and thought about it, you know, he finally got it. He said, oh, I'm, I'm really saying to her, you know, you don't matter. I said, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, (laughs) here he thought that he was, you know, being tolerant and not getting nasty or reacting badly. But in fact, he was, as you said, you know, stonewalling her and making it much worse. And so I said, without you realizing it, you're actually contributing to her feeling terrible and adding to um, whatever it is that she's upset about. And, you know, here you think that you're making it better and you're actually making it worse. That is such a great example because it's not um, malicious and in intent. No, he was not trying, at all. Yeah, he was trying to be good about it until he yes. just couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. That is such a great, yeah. great example. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and if I put my, uh, ther- my unprofessional therapist hat on, uh, so and for the proper response for him would be to validate her feelings? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then what she said was, she's at the bottom, he's in bed, she's at the bottom of the stairs, you know, getting upset. And she said, you know, if you would just come downstairs and give me a hug. Mm. And, you know, here he's saying, I've done everything I could. I said, well, clearly you have it. Yeah. I, you know, the thing about that, too, is I love that his he was being nonverbal. Like we, here we are talking about the subject of emotional abuse. He's being nonverbal and it doesn't work. And she wants to help her to help validate her feelings, what she's talking about. She wants a nonverbal response. It's just a different one. It's in the form of a hug. Right. And so there's right. no word spoken in all of this communication, which is why this stuff is so important. So, right. that's fantastic. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. And by, as you said, in this particular case, he's not meaning to be abusive, but it comes across as abusive to her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, okay, so how can you approach your spouse if you don't like the verbal abuse that you are hearing? 
I think that the best thing to do is as soon as you hear it, you say, that's unacceptable. Speaking to me that way is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So you have to be, I mean, I don't want to, I, I hate using the word have to, but, um, but it would be being, advisable, but being, <laughs> but being blunt and, and being just matter of fact is the best way to kind of nip that in the bud. Yes, I think so. Because you've got to let your partner know that what they're doing is not okay. If you are mamsy pamsy about it, it leaves room. I mean, let's, let's presume, okay, the, the, I, I'm sorry, I'm not being no, really that's... articulate about this. The situation that we just spoke about, uh-huh. my client was not meaning to be abusive. Uh-huh. He was really thinking that he was being tolerant, okay? Many times, if somebody's name-calling, and he admitted, by the way, that when he's had enough, he does start name-calling her. And at that oh. point, he is trying to get back at her because he can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Generally, when somebody is being verbally abusive, they are trying to bully. Mm. They are trying to... Um, have some kind of negative impact. Unless you come back in a very strong way, then they're going to continue that behavior. So you can't just say, oh, honey, that's not nice what you said to me. Yeah. I think it calls for the person who's been abused to say, that's unacceptable. Uh-huh. Now, if we go back to this couple... She could say to him, when you talk to me like that, it's unacceptable. And he could say, I only speak with you like that because you've been screaming at me for an hour. Mm -hmm. And then she might say, well, I've been screaming at you like that for an hour because you haven't answered me. You know, so that would be a slightly different situation. And they would get at, you know, what I helped them figure out the other day. Mm -hmm. Um. But at least that would set up a dialogue. But again, I think the point is that if somebody is verbally abusing you, you've got to make a firm statement and say, when you talk to me like that, that is unacceptable. You might want to be a little nicer and say, look, maybe you're upset. However, speaking to me like that is not okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, that That's great advice. Um I, I, I feel like I've seen situations where people have been verbally abusive to their partner mm-hmm. and the partner on the receiving end will kind of laugh it off because that's the only way that they can uh, kind of get out of it without. I guess the tricky part that I'm getting at is when this happens in public in front of other people, mm. it's difficult mm. to put your spouse on the spot. Mm-hmm. So they kind of take the punch um, right. and kind of laugh it off like, oh, don't be so mean. Or something like that, as opposed to putting your foot down and saying that's not acceptable because then you didn't ask that question. If it's in public, I think it might be a different situation. Got it. Okay. And you, okay, if it's in public, I wouldn't necessarily say that you should be so bold mm-hmm. because then it becomes embarrassing. Yeah. So at that point, maybe you do sort of laugh it off and say, oh, you know, knock it off or something. Um, so, so the context definitely does matter in those kind of situations. 
doing it in public versus doing it in private. So in that kind of a situation, I'm also guessing that you could say, you know, you can kind of laugh it off. Uh, and then when you get in the car, you can exactly raise the exactly. issue and say, you know, I, I laughed it off because I didn't want to embarrass you. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then say, but you know, talking to me like that is unacceptable. And I love what you just said, Steve, you know, I didn't want to humiliate you in public because it's not appropriate to speak unnicely or, mm. you know, not nicely to each other. Yeah. So, so I wasn't going to continue it, and but gonna, unacceptable. Yeah. And I'm going to take it a, a, a step or two further. What, I mean, how would you approach that scenario if this becomes habitual on your partner's uh, behalf, on, on, on their side, where they, you have had that conversation with them in the car after the, ca- after the case, but they continue to do it uh, week after week, um, and they don't seem to be learning their lesson? Well, I think you have to, you know, we've discussed something like this before. I think when you have something happen three times, that's Mm -hmm. a pattern. And then not at that moment, because at that moment, there's too much emotionality going on. I would sit my partner down and say, look, you know, I've, I've told you on several occasions now that when you speak to me in this inappropriate way, you know, I don't find that acceptable, and yet it continues. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, but we need to look at this. Um, I don't know if there's something that's happening for you that you haven't told me about, whether, you know, this is something, you know, you learned a long time ago. I, I don't know. I don't want to be your therapist. Yeah. But what I want you to know is that this continues, even though I've told you that it's not okay. And it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've got to try to figure this out because, mm-hmm. you know, it, as I said, it's not acceptable. And even when I've told you that it's unacceptable, you're continuing to do it, which is now starting to make me feel like my needs don't matter to you. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up uh, waiting for the emotions to die down because mm-hmm. I could see how trying to solve the problem could escalate it if you do it. Improperly. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then uh, going back on the other side of this coin uh, about emotional abuse. So what should Mm -hmm. you say or do if you feel like you're being emotionally abused? Well, you know, again, you know, my my common thing is to say, you know, some kind of validation and taking the other person off the hook. Mm -hmm. I maybe you don't realize this or maybe. Um, there's things going on for you, but when I say something to you and you just walk away, I end up feeling dismissed and that, you know, you may think it's silly, but that feels abusive to me. Or, you know, when you roll your eyes at me, you know, something like that, whatever it is, but you, you can start out with something that says you may not realize you're doing this or uh, you may not think it's a big deal or, you know, you may be doing this unintentionally, but when, and then you describe the behavior, Mm -hmm. that feels very hurtful and it feels, you know, emotionally abusive to me. And the person could very well say, oh, you're being silly. And then you would say, you know, 
even that kind of a remark feels dismissive to me. Mm. It, it feels very hurtful. And I'm bringing it up to you because it's happened a number of times. Oh, that's great. And I, I was thinking, um, I, I've talked about this before. It feels like it's cheating because it's so easy. Um, uh, but if you are having a, a, a interaction and you don't feel like you're being validated. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- again, I feel like it, this almost feels like it's cheating because it's so easy. Uh, would you recommend saying like, I, you know, could you please give me a hug or I could really use a hug or something along those lines? Or do you think the emotions are just too hot and high right there to, to even go that far? I'm not quite understanding what so you're say saying. That, so let's say that you and your spouse are having um, a back and forth Mm-hmm. And, you know, your spouse might start walking away from you like they always do, doing that mm-hmm. stonewall right. thing that we we're talking about. Right. And you see them about to walk away and say, you know, I could really use a hug right now. That sounds great. I don't know if it's going to play out so that it really works. Because if you've walked away from me, I feel really hurt. I don't know if I'm going to allow myself to be vulnerable enough to say, I could really use a hug right now. You've just walked away from me. Mm-hmm. And it might be too hard to ask for the hug. I mean, because I kind of feel like, here's a way that I'm thinking of this. I, I kind of feel like this is one of those things where you hear the advice of don't go to bed angry kind of a mm-hmm. thing. And so couples mm-hmm. will, you know, kind of put their emotions to the side to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, that's kind of how I'm thinking of this, of, you know, your spouse, again, this gets almost gets into the habitual thing. Cause a lot of this stuff is cyclical within relationships where couples mm-hmm. do this and then it becomes habit. That's just how they respond in these kinds mm-hmm. of scenarios. So I'm kind of thinking that if the spouse, uh, starts to walk away, like they always do, because that's how this husband has always responded. And you say, mm-hmm. could I just get a hug before you walk away? Um, and again, I realize that's going to take a lot of emotional stamina for for the person that's feeling emotionally abused to do that and make the, that statement. But it might I was just thinking it might help break that cycle. But if you know, I'm still hung up on you saying don't go to bed angry because that's incorrect. <laughs> I know. I know that's incorrect. I know that's incorrect. And we've actually talked about that in the past. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, because we talk about that. The, the need for the cooling off period. Yeah. Yeah. I th- so in I the same regard, it doesn't, we're saying that like, it's not really, it's a good, good sentiment, but probably not realistic. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. That's fair. That's totally But fair. I'll tell you what, if you and Jess ever get into this, which I doubt you do, and you ask for a hug and, and it works out okay, let me know. <laughs> I will. Well, you know, uh, uh, okay. So here's the thing. Honestly, there have been times um, where... Not necessarily with each other, but, you know, we we bring our emotions to the relationship. So there is, mm-hmm. oftentimes there are things going on outside of our relationship that really makes us emotional and it might make mm-hmm. us angry or frustrated or whatever. And, of course, it will naturally just come out on the spouse. Like, this is a very common thing. Right. Where they right. get snippy or whatever. And if either one of us, we will say uh, – you know, I'm sorry, this isn't, this isn't about you. And the other person will say, I know. And then we will actively try to be intentional 
about coming together and letting each other know that, you know, the frustration isn't with you. It's with what's going on in life. Um, and even when, um, we have, we actually have done that. We have done like, you know, come over here and snuggle me to, you know, to, it it will calm me down. It'll make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Even though that we have been going back and forth uh, based on something that's like a third party incident, not between us. Yeah. But, but that piece is really significant because there's not going to be the same vulnerability because it's not between the two of you. Yeah, that's true. No, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. No, I, you know, I, it, it gets back to the thing that I have said for a long time now that when you get your relationship to a very positive, healthy place, it's like Neo in the Matrix where you don't have to dodge bullets anymore. Mm-hmm. You you just you avoid all that stuff, and fortunately, knock on wood, <laughs> I try to practice what we preach here, and r- really, we nip things in the bud pretty quick. So, um, okay. So then, speaking of nipping things in the bud, do you have any tips to avoid verbal or emotional abuse? Well, I think that if your relationship is based on respect and positivity and open communication that's how you avoid it but those are big things (laughs) you know if all couples could do those things then there wouldn't be any use for these podcasts or for (laughs) me uh so uh and which i would be happy if uh i didn't if they if i was not needed um you know unfortunately I think that a lot of us end up doing those types of behaviors because that's what we've seen modeled for us uh-huh. in younger years, and we don't have other resources, and so that's what just sort of comes out automatically. Um, but if we learn how to better deal with our stress and how to communicate in a way that talks more about our feelings, then there really would not be as much of a need for um, the negative or the unacceptable behaviors to come out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true, quite frankly, not only just in our relationships, but in our society. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was actually thinking, so you were talking about how this is like the behavior that you were, you you know, you learned from the environment that you grew up in and stuff. And I, I just wanted to add one final bit to this is I think it takes... Um, somebody who's willing to and wanting to grow and improve and, Mm -hmm. you know, and to display that kind of vulnerability where they admit, you know, my behavior is unacceptable Mm -hmm. and not, and I think when you are able to identify it of, you know, this is how I grew up um, Mm -hmm. and you identify it that way, it makes it easier to say, but I don't have to do that now. Mm Because I think a lot of times people wrap their identity up and well, this is how I've always been. And then if I start acting a different way, then who the hell am I? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it takes I think it takes a lot. You know, you hear a lot about courage and strength and all that other stuff. And I think this is like gets to the heart of it is it takes a lot of courage and strength to say, you know what, my behavior isn't what I want it to be. And I'm willing to change it because I know mm-hmm. I know it's not yes. how I want it yes. to be. 
and again, you know, change always starts with awareness. So you have to first be aware of what you're doing and be aware that it's sort of an automatic response that you make because that's, you know, what you grew up with. So you're just, you know, automatically doing it. Um, but as you said, the good news is once you are aware, you can change it. Um, nothing is in stone that you're wired that way and that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. So that's the good news. Yeah. Well, this was, this was fantastic, Karen. Um, I, I, I feel like we covered it. I'm not even going to ask you the final (laughs) bonus question. Um, so thank you so much for your time. It is always a pleasure. Um, and before we go, I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can, of course, find all the past archives of the podcast on our website, hitchedmag.com, along with thousands of articles and a lot of other really, really great information. Um, I do recommend if you aren't signed up for our newsletter to do so. That is the easiest way to get an update. It's a weekly newsletter. It's free. It's the easiest way to get updated on all this great information that we put out there. So I hope you check it out. And uh, before we go, I want to thank you one last time, Karen. So thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Bye-bye. All right. Take care, everybody. We're on top of the world tonight.